BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Hey, good evening. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Hey, uh, Dave Joseph. Dave Joseph there in traffic. Dave, are you there? Yes, Chris, I am here. Hey, Dave, what was that report? Uh, Was it Lake Elsinore that had that massive backup around the, was it the outlet malls? The outlet mall? No. Well, there is a crash in Lake Elsinore on the 15, but uh, usually it's around the 5 in Commerce. There's uh, the Citadel outlet malls. It's crazy traffic right now. Oh, the Citadel, yeah. And also oh, also in Beaumont, yeah, if you're traveling uh, along the 10 in the Beaumont area, Cabazon, the outlet malls in Cabazon, traffic is crazy there as well. Oh, see, this is why I can't do it. It's Black Friday for Pete's sake. In my <laughs> mind, I could be way off. In my mind, Black Friday should start early and it should end yep. early. Like People should have been headed home as we were going on the air at 2 o'clock. That's time you get lunch, you go home, you take your nap, you eat your leftover turkey, you trip the fan out, you take a nap, and then you get up and you play travel uh, uh, trivial trivial pursuit with your family uh, to wrap up the day. That's how yeah, no, it should be. No, and, and that's not how it is right now, especially through uh, the commerce area. Uh, our own KFI in the sky, Mike O'Brien, was above it. And he said it's going to take you at least an hour just to find a parking spot there. Not to mention that that traffic's backed up on the five. Finding a parking spot next to impossible right now. So then why would you do that to yourself? Why? I don't understand this. (laughs) This is what makes me bonkers. My wife is like, well, we'll just keep driving until we find one. Who knows? Maybe we'll get lucky and be the first ones down this aisle. No! We're not going to be lucky. It's going to take an hour to find a parking spot. I have to pee. So let's not do this. I I don't know why people put themselves through it because here's the deal. Those stores are still going to be there tomorrow. And... Wait, was that me on my bong? <laughs> Thanks, David. <laughs> See, well, they're going to be there tomorrow. 
And if you're going now, then whatever you thought was going to be your Black Friday doorbuster sale only, no, nope, they're all, it's all gone. Yeah. They're sold out. Yeah. yeah, it's all gone now. So wh- why I'm are with we, you, Chris? I'm no! with you. No, I can't understand it. Like I understand the enthusiasm early in the morning. I know a lot of people. It's tradition. It's not my bag. But I know it's tradition, whatever. I get it. For my wife, it was an event. She always wanted to get together with her mother and then go do the the, the Black Friday doorbuster, all that crap. When we first started dating in the early 2000s, she wanted to do all that garbage. I always hated it, but it's her thing, right? She tells me, she goes, oh, uh, I told you she's in Phoenix. She's uh, doing some work there. She's... Um, She's working with, she owns a, a business and some of her employees are there. And so she's working with her employees. She'll be back in uh, like two weeks. She goes, when I get back, we can go Christmas shopping. And I go, <gasps> I started sweating right then. Okay. All right. I can do this. I can prepare. I'll pick you up at the airport. And then, <sighs> all right. I, I, I get anxiety around crowds. I have to prepare for it. I mentally have to get ready to do Christmas shopping. And when you tell me that there's backups, forget about getting there is going to take forever because the five's all backed up. But if you're going to the Citadel, it's going to take an hour to find a parking spot. Nope. I'm freaking out right now. I'm sweating four people driving around in the parking lot at this very moment. <laughs> there's not. There's no reason for it. And if I were with my wife, you know what she would do? She'd go, settle down. It'll be fine. No, it's not going to be fine. It's dinner time. I'm hungry. I got to pee. We're not going to do anything right now. Let's just go home. It's going to take us another hour on the road just to get home. And you're talking about an hour of parking and then shopping and then another hour on the road. Let's just go now. Nope. I, I don't understand. It's my fault, by the way, that I don't understand you. You people that are driving around and willing to wait an hour to try to find a parking spot 5 o'clock on Friday night, it's me. It's totally me. I just don't understand your perspective. I don't. I don't get it. You do you. That's fine. I accept you for who you are. I do. I just don't understand you. And I'm trying. Because my wife is like you. This is a point of contention. I just don't understand her. And she doesn't understand me either. She's I don't know why this bothers you so much. I don't know how this can't bother you. My God. An hour for a parking spot. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. Uh, we'll get an update on, uh, I don't know, maybe that wait time for a parking spot is down to, say, 50 minutes now. That'd be nice if we got that in our next traffic update. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, if you are working in the retail or grocery industry right now, you may be excited to hear that the LA City Council uh, has heard your pleas to make things easier on you. If you are an owner in the retail or grocery um, realm, you may be a little perturbed by the City Council, uh, thinking they're not listening to what's going on in your world. Here's what the LA City Council is doing. This was uh, Channel 7 that had the story. It is the time of year where retail grocery workers are clocking in many hours, and today the L.A. City Council voted to pass the Fair Workweek Policy, which would give thousands of workers new protections. I would assume what Carlos Granda has new details. Workers say during the pandemic they put in long hours on the job and there were sometimes last-minute changes. These workers have to deal with unfair scheduling practices that make it hard for them to plan their lives and their budgets. What are the what is the unfair scheduling practices? That sounds that sounds litigious, doesn't it? You're engaging in unfair scheduling practices. 
<laughs> what does that mean? Unfair scheduling practices. I always fair is a condition of perspective, right? So what does it mean unfair? Uh, it's unfair because they say they don't know what their schedule is going to be, and that's not fair to them. It's giving all of the power to the employer, who can make up the schedule, uh, and they can determine the employee's schedule. But what they're doing is they're determining the employee's life, right? The employee can't schedule their own lives because they're at the mercy of the employer. And the employer should be the ones who have their ducks in a row and are more flexible. So say the workers. It was a delay as protesters in city council shouted to demand the resignation of Kevin DeLeon. After the room was cleared out, the council moved ahead and voted for the fair work week policy. The motion applies to large retailers and grocery stores and impacts 70,000 workers. Heidi Lopez works at a grocery store. Uh, let me just stop for a moment. It, it impacts stores that have over 300 employees nationwide. Nationwide. So, uh, for instance, if you're working at Starbucks, you probably have, what, 20 or 30 people, and a lot of them part-timers, working at Starbucks. But Starbucks nationwide has more than 300 employees. Same thing uh, if if you're working at Ralph's. Uh, you might not have 300 employees that work at that grocery store, but nationwide you would. Uh, which, that to me, that makes a lot of sense because now you're talking about the, the small businesses, and I grew up working small businesses, and my, my folks uh, owned a small business when I was much younger. And when you only have half a dozen, a dozen, uh, maybe 20 or 25 employees, uh, it, scheduling is a, a bit tricky, especially because you have employees that come to you at the last minute. And they say, oh, my goodness, something just happened, so you might have to change the schedule for somebody else. It happens. And those small businesses, oftentimes, it's more of a family atmosphere. But when you're talking about somebody that has more than 300 employees nationwide, now you're talking about somebody that probably has scheduling software. They could be looking ahead a little easier. My experience with my scheduling is different every week. I don't know when I work in the morning, when I work in the in the evenings. Um, I've been scheduled to close until midnight and then come back at 6 o'clock in the morning. I used to have that happen to me when I worked in a restaurant when I was uh, uh, in high school. I was a breakfast line cook, but I was also working with the dishwasher. I, I, I went in as a dishwasher when I was in high school, and I slowly worked my way up to breakfast line cook. I'm talking about when I was like 17, 18, whatever. And, uh, but then, you know, they, they need dishwashers on Friday night, but uh, we only have, you know, two breakfast line cooks, and you need to be there on Saturday morning. So that used to happen to us uh, when I was growing up. But again, we're talking about a small family business as opposed to, you know, Albertsons. Uh, Albertsons ought to have enough employees to be able to figure this out ahead of time. The ordinance would require a 14-day advance notice of work schedules. 14 days seems like a lot. Seven seems more reasonable to me. Predictability pay for last-minute schedule changes or cancel shifts. Ooh, predictability pay. I like that. The right to accept or decline extra hours added on short notice and mandatory rest periods between shifts or additional pay. Some of this is going to be inevitable in the workplace, particularly in the in the retail environment. But shouldn't we at least ask retail employers to make that as easy as possible? The California Retailers Association says this will be a challenge. Retailers and other businesses continue to grapple with COVID-related regulations, supply chain challenges, and worker shortages. Even when the pandemic does finally recede, many of these challenges will remain for some time. So this policy has the effect of heaping substantial new compliance hurdles on top of what is still an extraordinary period. 
Since the city council only had 10 members at today's meeting, there needs to be a second vote, and that will happen within two weeks. Yeah, but if you're a, a business owner, don't you want to be good to your employees? The stuff that I just heard didn't seem all that unreasonable. I don't know what the specifics of the the uh, the this you know whatever the the pay compensation package was there. I don't know what the specifics are, but it seems to me that if you're an employer and you are burdening your employees, uh, as an employer, I would only want to do that to my employees if I had to, and if I had to, I would want to make sure that they were compensated appropriately. It sounds to me like the L.A. City Council is basically trying to legislate get your crap in order right get your ducks in a row get yourself a spreadsheet figure this out and if you're going to be a a delta bravo of an employer at least make sure your employees know that they're that they're uh, valued let them know with a little a little and you know what i mean it is a tough time for some but there are some good news uh, stories on the horizon and as much as the businesses are saying, oh, we're dealing with too many restrictions while we're making a bunch of money right now. Well, when the recession hits, that should make everything easier, right? You won't need so much supply. Mm, they'd probably argue that side, too, wouldn't they? That's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. KFI AM640. More stimulating talk live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. Mo Kelly doing a small business Saturday show tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And if you want to submit your small business for a shout out on Mo's show. You can do that until 9 o'clock tonight. You'll have that chance. Just go to kfiam640.com slash small, and uh, that'll take you to the, the page to fill out the form to be included. Uh, kfiam640.com slash small. We were talking about uh, you know, businesses and how they're, you know, they don't like regulations, and they certainly don't like that the city council is going to mandate that they have their schedules ready for their employees ahead of time, else they face some sort of a consequence. And I understand why businesses would stand up against that. They don't want to do anything that makes stuff harder for them. No, none of us do. None of us do. I get it. It makes it, it makes perfect sense. If somebody were to come to you and say that you had to tell your kids what their school lunch was going to be, let's say you send your kids to school and you make their lunch, and you had to tell them what they were going to have next Friday, you'd go, what? I'll figure it out when I get there. And if the L.A. City Council came to you and said, no, you have to tell your kids what they're going to have in their lunchbox next Friday or else you're going to be penalized for it, you'd go, that's baloney. And they go, oh, okay, so you do know. You know what your kid's going to have. It's good. Baloney. So basically that's what the L.A. City Council is doing is they're saying to um, business owners and in many cases grocers, you need to have your employee's schedule posted 14 days ahead of time so that they can plan their lives. The easiest way to figure this out is to get your employees on a regulated schedule and only have a few on a swing schedule, right? That's the easiest way to do this. My son works at a grocery store, incidentally, and uh, he's been going through some of this as he's done training in different areas. Uh, So his schedule was like, you know, I think he was he was working some goofy shift like eleven thirty to to. Eight, yeah, because there was a half hour lunch there. So eleven thirty to eight, or ten thirty to seven. That was his schedule, and he was doing that for a couple of weeks. And then uh, I just I was talking to him today, and it was after eleven. And I go, "You doing the eleven thirty? He goes, "No, I go in at one thirty now. I'm working one thirty to 10. And he goes, "And I hate it." <laughs> so he's a little frustrated. His schedule's getting uh, moved around a little bit. Oh, that's uh, and then my watch is talking to me as I'm I talk with my hands. 
And as I do, my watch thinks I'm uh, calling up things. So every now and again, you'll hear my watch talk through the radio. So my son is in that in that boat where he doesn't really know what his schedule is going to be, and it, it can be it can be frustrating for my son. Not a big deal, you know. He doesn't have a family; he still lives with his parents. Uh, you know, the only thing he has to do is make sure the dogs get their food when they're supposed to be fed, and that's it, right? Uh, so he doesn't worry about anything else. But I can imagine that if you're working in one of these retail outlets or a grocery store, it is difficult. If you've got kids at home and you're trying to plan your schedule and you're trying to make sure you can pick those kids up. The businesses, however, are saying, well, this is another burden that's being placed on us. And now we're going to be penalized if we have to change somebody's schedule. Most businesses, you would think, would want to make sure that their employees are happy and healthy and have a dependable schedule from a dependable employer. One of the excuses, though, that the employer, the employers are using, and again, I don't blame the employers for opposing uh, opposing the city council uh, move, but one of the uh, one of the things they claim is that look, we're still dealing with some uh, pandemic regulations. We still got supply chain issues. Uh, employment is still really tough. Well, listen, if the economy takes a crap, then chances are you'd be cutting employees anyway, so you're probably ahead of the game. If we hit a recession, you're not going to have to worry about supply chain issues anymore because people aren't going to be buying as much stuff. Look, it's all going to work itself out. But then they would say, well, it's not really fair that we would have these additional onerous uh, regulations on us or, or be penalized for not having our employee schedules posted. Because if, if that were the case, you know, and we're in a recession, our margins are low, it's so hard for us, you know, there's always going to be an excuse. It's always tough. But we might be facing a recession. This is what we're all keeping an eye on is the inflation is so high. Many of the stories today around Black Friday involve people's reaction to shopping with inflation uh, in front of us and how much more they're planning on spending this year, how much less they want to spend this year. We're seeing a number of uh, the big tech companies that have cut workers, Twitter cutting 3,700, Meta cut 11,000, Amazon was cutting a bunch of uh, workers as well. Loan Depot is trimming jobs. Um, they've cut uh, they've cut to as low as uh, sixty five hundred workers nationwide. They had eleven thousand three hundred to start the year, so uh, you know they've they've cut what thirty five forty percent off their workforce as well. And with California uh, being one of those states that is so dependent on both the technology sector and also real estate, if housing costs start shifting and we start seeing people defaulting on loans like we did uh, back in 2008 2009 all of a sudden we're in a bad spot so california gets hit with a double whammy being that tech is taking a hit right now and we are the center of the tech world and because our our home prices are so inflated especially here in southern california and then up in the bay area uh if if all of a sudden real estate takes a dump we're in a bad spot in California, worse than other places. We would also then be poised to recoup faster than other places, just as we did after uh, the Great Recession. One of the other concerns, though, has to do with the supply chain. The Wall Street Journal with an article uh, this week saying uh, officials are declaring an end to the backup, a backup of ships at Southern California's ports more than two years after the vessels began lining up in weeks-long queues that became one of the most visible signs in the U.S. of the pandemic-driven turmoil in supply chains. Remember when we had all those ships that were off the coast and they were all just anchored waiting and waiting and waiting? Well, the good news, they're caught up now. We thought that was going to take forever. It did. Uh, but forever only turned out to be two years, which is good. Uh, sounds like that aspect of the supply chain is caught up. 
now. It would be nice if we could start seeing the prices start coming down on some of those things uh, that were so expensive because of that supply chain backup. Hopefully that happens soon and offsets some of the potential for the recession that I just uh, discussed a moment ago. All right, you are probably getting to about this time of day, and if you're not driving around looking for a parking spot at one of the outlet malls, maybe you're at home trying to figure out which of the leftovers you're going to eat. Good. Good for you. I'm still full on the mashed potatoes that I had for breakfast, uh, brunch, lunch, snack, and then uh, mid-show noshing. So I'm full of mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. Can't get enough. I'm going to tell you what not to eat in just a moment. It's a public service. Chris Maryland for John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Uh, pleasure being with you. It has uh, been a pleasure being here the last couple of days, and I look forward to the next time that we have an opportunity uh, to hang. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving is oftentimes spent shopping, fine. Uh, but for uh, fatsos like me, it's spent rolling out of bed and then rolling toward the fridge and then pulling out the leftovers. And for me, the first thing I always go to, the starches. Man, I love the starches. Not yams, that's disgusting. It's the mashed potatoes and the stuffing or dressing or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. There is nothing better. And I don't care if it's a day old. You throw butter and gravy on top of that stuff. Oh, my goodness. My intestines hate me so much. I don't even care. Love them so much. But I thought, what is it that people do with the leftover bird? Uh, if, uh, if like most people, you've got a turkey around Thanksgiving, what do you do with that leftover turkey meat? And, uh, Brian, do you have a preference when it comes to the, the turkey meat, what you, what you go toward? Uh, sandwich. Yeah. Sandwich. Thank you. Is the only answer. Yeah. The sandwich is the only answer. <laughs> You are not allowed to do anything else with that turkey other than a sandwich. If you could, if I bend the rules a little bit, you would be allowed to take some turkey and put it on a plate and then put mashed potatoes and gravy on top of that. I would allow it. But for the most part, sandwich. That's it. And you can do anything you want with the sandwich. You want a turkey and bacon and lettuce and mayo. Don't put tomato on there. That's, that's vile. But you want to do that? Fine. You want turkey and bread and cheese? Fine. Do it. It's awesome. But sandwich is the right answer. You shouldn't be doing anything else with that. I've seen a lot of recipes online today. A lot of different places are putting out their typical stories. And, Brian, you know how this is where every year we get to this time of year and we get the same stories. It's going to, here's the shopping. Here's the expectations of shopping. Here's your Black Friday stories. And believe me, I did enough of that today, too, because we can all relate to it. But uh, if you if if you're working in the department of the of the New York Times or if you're working for CBS News and you're on the food beat, oh my goodness, you love today. You know who hates today? The fashion beat because they're all doing. Here's where you can get the great clothes. Whatever. The food people are like. Here's this wild recipe that I just dreamed up when I was high and drunk and uh, kidnapped in the trunk of a a, a, a in nineteen. 19- 72 Pontiac. I don't know. Whatever it is, I just feel like these people come up with the most bizarre recipes. They're like, here's what you can do with your turkey. If you want a delicious idea, try poking marshmallows through your turkey and then uh, broasting it. What? Who's putting marshmallows on day-old turkey? It goes in a sandwich. Period. If I worked for the, the, the food column of the New York Times, here would be my story. Ah, what to do with those leftovers? Turkey. 
make it a sandwich. And then I'd hand it into the editor. Done. Here you go, boss. I'm done with my story for today. I've seen so many just goofy recipes. Don't do that. Don't do that at all. There are some things you really should not eat. Uh, and these are not just my opinion. Um, you should not be eating oysters right now. Did you know that? Oysters. Health officials are advising people not to eat or serve some oysters that were distributed in 13 states, including California. Food and Drug Administration advising consumers not to eat at restaurants and other retailers, not to sell Die One Food Company frozen half-shell oysters that have a harvest date of February 6th, 2022. Uh, Now, I don't know how many of you check the harvest date on your oysters, but perhaps you've got some in the freezer and you can check on that. The South Korean firm has recalled oyster products from the same harvest area. Fed officials are issuing the warning after a Southern Nevada Health District reporting two clusters of illnesses from people who ate raw oysters at a Las Vegas restaurant in late October and early November. The state officials have confirmed one case of uh, sapovirus illness and nine potential illnesses. Uh, now, sapovirus uh, gives you all those things you would expect from any sort of a foodborne illness. Uh, Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, also fever, body ache, and headaches. Uh, Also, more common in kids under the age of five. Uh, I guess it actually can be, yeah, deadly. uh, A restaurant customer in Fort Lauderdale has died of a bacterial infection after eating raw oysters. Uh, Wow. So, I guess it could be that bad. So, really, don't eat that. Stick with the the leftover turkey. And, of course, mashed potatoes and dressing. One thing you're probably not eating this year, and this is going to upset some people I know. I was listening to uh, Neil Saavedra yesterday was in for Bill Handel, and he did an awful lot of talking about food, which you would expect from the Fork Reporter. So he was talking about preparing the turkeys, and people were calling with questions. And he got a a question from somebody out of San Diego. Uh, It was more of a comment, really, talking about meatless Thanksgivings and how she was enjoying the sunshine sitting in her living room uh, with a breeze and and cutting tofu, which sounded nightmarish to me. But, uh, you know, whatever floats her boat, that's awesome. Great. That's cool because she thinks it probably sounds like a nightmare to have a turkey sandwich the next day. So, you know, I'll accept her. She accepts me. We all win. But one thing that uh, she didn't mention was anything about Beyond Meat. When was the last time we heard anything about Beyond Meat? You remember when... Beyond Meat came out, and it was like in all the fast food restaurants, and everybody was getting the Beyond Meat burgers. I tried one of the, one of the, I think it was Beyond Meat. It was one of the faux Whoppers, you know? And they were like, oh, you can't tell the difference. It tastes the same. And I tried it, and I was like, it does not. It does not taste the same. It wasn't bad, but you weren't going to convince me that it tasted the same as a Whopper. It, it did not. Uh, it was different. It wasn't better. It wasn't worse. It was different. Well, Beyond Meat evidently is having some trouble. Both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal explaining why the company, which had a wildly successful IPO in 2019, is struggling this year. The stock is down 83%. And like so many of those tech companies, Beyond Meat is also beginning layoffs. Bloomberg came out with a story on Monday based on the internal documents and photos suggesting the presence of apparent mold, listeria, and other food safety issues at a Pennsylvania plant. The company adamantly denies any safety problems, uh, and that comes after a company exec made police blotter headlines for allegedly biting someone's nose. 
So a lot of bad stories coming out uh, about Beyond Meat, and then their their uh, stock is dropping. Why? Sales are falling. Not bad, but they're down 8% in the 12 weeks uh, ending October 8th. Beyond Meat sales are falling even faster by 12%. And Impossible Burger saw their uh, sales go up 49%. Maybe it was Impossible Burger that Burger King had that had the Whopper, whatever it was. It was one of those meat substitutes. And it did not taste the same. You, you can't tell me that it does. So why are things dropping off? It's Thank you. That's disgusting. That's vile. It's like nails on a chalkboard. The um, the thought is this. First of all, you've got market saturation. At some point, you've reached all of your customers. And so people that want to buy a meat substitute are buying a meat substitute. So immediately your sales are going to, at least your growth is going to slow down. Right? And that's, that's a normal uh, adoption curve for any new product where... Those that want the product have the product. Those that don't want the product don't have the product. And then you're trying to convert some people over. Normal for any new product launch. The other side, though, is that it's expensive. And while some people say, I want that plant-based alternative because it's better for my health, or they believe it to be better for the environment, it really isn't better for the environment, but uh, it's better. it may be better for your health, and if you're trying to stay away from meat, then great. This might be a, a suitable alternative. It's more expensive, and we're seeing high inflation, and we've got people who are trying to get ready for the holidays, and they just say, well, I've got the family coming over. Uh, maybe I'm not going to use meat substitutes. Maybe I'll just save money, serve actual meat like I've been doing, and then I will take the money that I saved and I'll put that in my holiday fund. A little bit of an issue. A little bit of an issue that they have going on. Uh, one more uh, thing you shouldn't eat. I'm not going to say you shouldn't eat it, but it's going to be a while before you can. It's going to be longer than you've ever imagined. I want you to think about the longest you ever waited for your food at a restaurant and multiply that by about 10,000. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken at KFI AM640. It's more stimulating talk. The 12th annual KFI Pastathon is here. Chef Bruno's charity, Katarina's Club, providing more than 25,000 meals every week to kids in need in Southern California. And how do they do it? It is with your generosity. That's what it is. You can help out by making a donation at pastathon.com or here's a great way for you to uh, connect with uh, one of the great KFI personalities. The Fork Report is live tomorrow. Neil Saavedra is going to be broadcasting from 2 to 5 at Smart and Final in Lake Forest on El Toro Road. Uh, you can stop by any Smart and Final store, either in California or uh, Arizona, or maybe you're going to go to uh, Reno. I don't know. Uh, but you can also start stop at a Smart and Final in uh, uh, Nevada. You can donate at checkout or, real easy, stop and see Neil in um, uh, Lake Forest tomorrow and uh, make a donation there. Also, here's a good one. You can uh, go to any Wendy's restaurant in Southern California and uh, make a donation. That would be Biggie. Get it? Wendy's? Biggie? No. Not? It was bad? Gotcha. 100% of your donation goes to Katarina's Club. Details are at pastathon.com. Pastathon.com. All right. And now for the rest of the stories. Was talking about a delicacy. You may want this, but imagine the longest you've ever been to a restaurant and had to wait for your food to come out. 
You've probably done it like I have, and it's annoying when it takes 45 minutes, maybe an hour for your food to come out. I, I worked at a restaurant, and on our busy summer nights, it was a steakhouse, the busy summer nights, we, we'd have a big party come in, and then people behind that party would be waiting for an hour. And believe me, we were busting our tails in the, in the kitchen trying to get it all done, but sometimes it just took that long. Imagine uh, waiting more than that hour, more than a day. Imagine waiting more than a week. Now, you don't have to stay in your booth. But the mirror says that the most famous croquettes in the world have a 30-plus year waiting list for the extreme Kobe beef croquettes from Japan's uh, Asahaya family-run butcher shop in Hyogo Prefecture. I'm sure I mispronounced all those words because, one, uh, I don't speak Japanese. Two, I barely speak English. CNN reporting that uh, Asahaya has been in business for nearly a century, and after World War II, the deep-fried potato and beef delicacy popped up on the butcher's menu, and now it is a 30-year wait. Didn't take off until 2000, but then people started to catch on to it. They were selling these little delicacies for eighty. Even though the beef alone to make one cost two seventy at the time, but they wanted them to pick up, and they did. Uh, now, um, let me see. In twenty sixteen, the waiting list had become more than fourteen years long. The public clamored for their return, so they agreed to bring them back. Evidently, they they stopped making them for a while. Uh, the new price three dollars and seventy cents per uh, little bite. So basically, it's a little more than a mozzarella stick. Uh, and uh, the waiting list though is thirty years plus. So that's happening right now. Probably, I'm going to guess, not worth it. Sounds delish. I'd love to try it. Not worth it. All right, you're on your way to vacation. Maybe uh, you're going over the river and through the woods. Maybe it's just easier to go over the river and over the woods in an airplane. Uh, If you do so, you're going to have to go through TSA. One thing that we don't like is when TSA says, we've got a problem with your bag. If you haven't experienced it, good for you. If you have experienced it, hopefully, it's like my experiences where they say, we want to take a look, and you go, I don't care, open it up. And they do. Hopefully, nothing embarrassing in there. I love watching those TikTok videos of people where the TSA opens it up and it's something embarrassing. Love that. But suppose they scan your bag and they find something in there you didn't put in there. You might be thinking, my goodness, somebody took my bag. It's like all those warnings. Make sure you keep an eye on your bag at all times. You should keep an eye on your bag at all times. Check your bag before you go through TSA to make sure that something didn't get slipped into your bag like it did at JFK Airport in New York. We've got to get to the cat news. Yes. Uh, normally, the cat is referred to <clears throat> as out of the bag, but that wasn't the case for this feline spotted by the TSA. That uh, orange fur that you see there is a cat. Somehow, the animal made it all the way through an x-ray unit at JFK International Airport. The traveller told the TSA that the cat belongs to someone else in the household. According to the agency, the cat is now actually out of the bag, you'll be reassured to know, and safely back home. My cat did this before I went to... I don't care. Uh, CNN International. They're not good at chit-chat. They're bad. Um... The cat, come to find out, was the roommate's cat and evidently climbed in the bag. I don't know how they got away with this. I don't know if it was maybe a hard... No, in fact, I think I saw the photo. I don't think it was a hard side, a hard-shelled case. Um, so how did they not... Uh, how did the cat not move around? But it did show up in the x-ray. It actually looked like almost... Uh, the x-ray itself just showed what looked like a... Um, uh, like a stuffed cat in there. 
or like a porcelain cat. Kind of showed up that way on the x-ray. Uh, but no, it was an actual cat. They missed their flight. They had to go take the cat home to the roommate. And then they missed their flight. Uh, more of the rest of the stories. Uh, you ever uh, go out in the wilderness and you are disgusted to find that others just don't care to take care of the great outdoors as much as you would like them to? Uh, they're supposed to take only pictures, leave only footprints, right? Um, the uh, Yosemite Climbing Association does an annual facelift trash cleanup event. And thousands of volunteers go to Yosemite. It's a five-day event every fall. And uh, they pick up almost 15,000 pounds of trash in that five days. It's crazy. Uh, let me see. What would you think they are finding? Cigarette butts was actually the, the most, the biggest thing that they found at Yosemite, which blows my mind. Wildfires decimate this state every year. And the biggest piece of trash that they find at Yosemite, they found over three quarters of a ton of cigarette butts. You know how many cigarette butts it takes to make three quarters of a ton? A lot. Uh, the next thing they found by, um, Slobs, uh, beverage bottles and bottle caps, water bottles, uh, uh, soda soda cans, beer, I'm sure. Clothes and textiles. They found uh, over 1,300 pounds of clothes. Uh, I'm sure there's blankets, sweatshirts, shoes, socks, things like that that get left behind. Food wrappers, face masks, which makes sense now, doesn't it? But the odd stuff that they found, a drone, a toaster, Used condoms. Sadly, I've found more than my fair share in public parks when I've seen those and I've been out picking up trash. And a Polaroid of a man in a scandalous Santa outfit. About a quarter of the rubbish classified as miscellaneous fragments. Just a reminder, one, uh, we're in California. Please uh, keep your butts to yourself. And two, maybe don't throw trash all over the park. It's not your landfill. All right, that's my public service announcement. Thanks for letting me hang out. It's Chris Merrill in for John Ken. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy your small business Saturday. Uh, it's KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. 
Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.